0: Thank you for listening to the Last of Us You and Me podcast, a companion podcast for the HBO show, The Last of Us. My name is Sancho Wes, and I've been a mega fan of the T. Lou universe for years to years, and it's so exciting. I don't know if you, the people you know out there may not have Twitter or things of that sort, but... The good news is the Last of Us show has been renewed for season two, which has been very exciting because only after two episodes, this has been renewed and we're going to get more of this Last of Us universe. And so exciting to share this entire world and the story. We're not going to get into any kind of spoilers here on the Last of Us, you and me podcast, but uh, this does feature you as well. So thank you so much to the people that tweeted at me again. Tweet at me, at Sancho West, your reactions, your theories for future episodes, and I will feature it in the podcast because this podcast features you as well. Like Britain Lane, my good friend, did tweet at me. They did such an amazing job staying true to the game and bringing the clickers to life. It was horrifying, yet I couldn't stop watching, and so did the rest of the world, Britain, The rest of the world could not watch it. In a tweet from Jeff Keeley says, episode two of The Last of Us tally 5.7 million viewers Sunday night, 22% increase from the series debut this marks the largest week two audience growth of an hbo original drama series in the history of the network okay we're talking about game of thrones we're talking about sopranos we're talking about some of the big dogs six feet under i'm getting granted Sopranos, six feet under all that hbo streaming service did not exist but still the largest week two audience growth for an hbo original drama with the pantheon of the greatness of hbo original dramas that is a feat you cannot ignore episode one is now up to 18 million viewers so word of mouth definitely spread like a gorgeous uh, out there and and got everybody involved into the pedro mania into the last of us mania that is happening right now so congratulations to all the people for the last of us i for one am very excited for that because i really believe that we could definitely take this podcast further and further continue to polish it continue to polish it and maybe we'll make something special together regardless where this show goes so thank you so much for the support on that let's go on to another tweet here talking about the last of us of course this is reviewing the previous episode so i yet to see that you may run into some spoilers here Vorlo, my good friend says i'm loving it I'm getting adjusted to the change of certain aspects of the story such as the spores now the infected are connected in tendrils it makes me think if how they will address key scenes in future episodes but I'm excited I'm hyped and I'm begging for more. So for those who don't know in the original game they you got infected not only through bites and things of like that sort scratches but you got infected through spores by breathing in the Cordyceps fungus but in the show they changed that from that into a more tendril type. And not only that, one of the changes that they made is that all the infected people in the game are kind of connected as a one mind because considering that fungus or fungi tend to grow in a forest and they are one organism underneath everything. And I was literally about to say Shakira underneath the clothes, but no, but seriously, that is how they change it. And a lot of the other people that I've been listening to and watching for The Last of Us opinions on the show itself, Talking about it, it's a new game mechanic, and then it's introducing how it changes things, because this is not something that was introduced in the game at all, and Days Gone has that more of a type vibe, where you attack one, you alert the rest of them, so that is much interesting. Speaking of tendrils and things of that sort, the uh, Sandman22, an old friend of mine from the back of the Factions days, says, I thought the way Tess died was interesting. If you take a closer look, you'll see a lot of the infected running past her without attacking her. I believe she was not attacked at first because she's infected, and they can sense that, her hand is twitching and fighting to light the fire. But the one infected stalker could sense the little bit of humanity left in her, and this is why he approached her. Without biting or ripping her apart, Soling directly pours the parasite into where it's the most effective and can cause the quickest turn, aka in the mouth. But that does not make it less gross and creepy. I think that the, the, the only that's the one thing that a lot of people have a different discussion on is the kiss that happened between the stalker and test i just simply think that it was more use of more of a shock value you could still explain those same things that you came through but i did not want to see a tendril go into the moisture and in inside of the mouth that is this gross it is disgusting it definitely got the shock value of it but i think it took away from tessa's power in that moment you're seeing a woman sacrifice herself for the man she loved joel and also this newfound hope in ellie and all that was kind of stripped away when the moment when the stalker kissed inside of that mouth. I found it very gross. And one thing before we get into the episode three's kind of breakdown the last tweet comes from my boy, Nikki Barnes. He talked about how—I'm going to summarize this tweet. He talked about how this show hits differently for everybody now, considering that we went through a real-world situation. And that how the actress there kind of explained, told the soldier general, the only way he can get through it is through literally getting rid of everybody. And that right there, I think, is the strength of this Last of Us Us HBO adaptation, is the ability to take this game's source, the material and all that kind of stuff, and kind of ground it in a very, very serious way. We've seen it done in episode one. We've seen it done in episode two. Now, before we get into the review of what I thought about episode three, it wasn't done in episode three. So we'll go into that when we go into the plot breakdown. So what are my thoughts for episode three? Now, this is where I've said previously, this is your first podcast. The, the show itself is at its best when it's off the video game track, when it's not following the plot. If you watch the HBO show right after they always go into Inside the Episode. Neil Druckmann talked about, he always says, if we're going to take that track a different way from the game, it needs to be really, really, really good. And if it's really bad, then we don't do it. We just stick with the game. And I am so happy that they went away from the game's track for Bill and Frank just to get into quickly it it, it is it is just a masterpiece in performance it's something that I have to watch again it is elegantly written its elegantly performed Uh, Nick Offerman and Mary Barlett were so intimate so vulnerable and you know the what I enjoyed it the most is that the game is like I mentioned is usually shackled by video gamers want to need in that scratching inch to get involved with a lot of action This episode didn't feature any kind of action. And instead, it let this story between Bill and Frank, two human beings surviving in a post-apocalyptic world, one man who cannot trust anybody for survival. He didn't trust the government, he didn't trust anything beyond just himself. And then when he saved a man named Frank, he got him out of his own trap, he saved him, he started to live for something, and then he became alive again. It just shows you that the human spirit that this episode kind of goes down this thematic thing that the human spirit is not all about survival. I mean, that is always our instinct to survive. I mean, it's it's ingrained in it. We have these moments where we know that fire is bad because it's in our DNA that we just have this instinct. But it's something about love, something about human connection. That is the true, true way to survive. And you're seeing this right now in The Last of Us. Joel, literally, I mentioned this before, a husk of a human being, not living for anything. Living just to wake up and doesn't know where to go. He's a ghost in the shell, so to speak. Now here is he has a new life. Ellie comes along, has a new opportunity, and we're going to see that relationship grow throughout the entire time. But this episode focuses on Bill and Frank and they kind of one of my favorite things is that the internet has been saying that this is definitely the up of the last of us you see a relationship go from the early beginnings you see all the fights and then you see the end and it's a very tragic end between Bill and Frank um, in a very beautiful poetic way as well one of my favorite standout moments is this them sharing the simplistic thing of a strawberry And I think that is what this episode is trying to tell you. It's literally trying to tell you to stop and smell the roses. Stop, plant a seed, trade a a gun for a seed and enjoy your strawberries. But I, I just think this is a very, very awesome scene that not only we talked about grounding it with science, with all the scary, you know, scientific things and the little scary tidbits of like, hey, this could be the end if this actually happened, but instead exploring the groundedness of the, of the groundness and reality of love in a relationship. And it doesn't matter what kind of vessels that's kind of given to us is that like it was done in such a beautiful way. And I applaud Everybody that was involved in this episode and it's one of these episodes that will be nominated for multiple awards Going forward Nick Offerman stepping out of his comfort zone I mean a lot of people always made the joke that bill was basically Ron Swanson You kind of get that vibe that is bill as Ron Swanson and type of vibe And then all of a sudden it just goes into a different direction for Nick Offerman and for him to pull that off with such sweetness and sincerity and still have that edge that Bill in the video game had. And there was moments you saw, okay, that's Bill from the video game. But then you got into more of like, what is Bill as a person? And that he's not a one note character that the game kind of provide. And then Murray Barlett, a phenomenal performance as Frank. For those of you know, Murray Barlett is from an HBO, a lot of HBO alums in this Last of Us show. He's from the first season of White Lotus, which I highly recommend. It's a great dark comedy. um, Something that I I did not expect to enjoy so much. Season two of the White Lotus, not so much because Murray Barlett is in the first one and he plays a crazy, crazy, crazy hotel manager that's just fed up with everything. And just to see the, the difference of his performance here is fantastic. I also enjoyed the kind of weaving in of Joel and Ellie, but not making it part of Joel and Ellie. And I guess I would have to say like the last part of this entire thing to wrap up the non-spoiler review is that the Last of Us show shows us what life is beyond Joel and Ellie. We, one of the criticisms and one of the ones from the entire Last of Us community in the video game portion was wanting to see what were people going through beyond Joel and Ellie. If if a lot of people kind of was like, you know, yes, Joel and Ellie is awesome, but what else about what's going on? And this is what I like about the HBO show: it's taking away that POV camera from Joel, and we get little instances of what's going down with Ellie. We get little instances now, especially with uh, with Bill and Frank, and to be in that POV and to hang out, and we don't see infected too much. We don't see bloaters, and we don't see any clickers and things, and we're not so like rushing to get to a certain cinematic or. Cutscene and things of that sort. That's what this show is all about. And I applaud the the guts for Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin and everybody involved in the show to say, no, we will not do what the video game did and do this something special. Because remember, this game existed in 2013 where the entire social kind of like... I guess atmosphere was completely different than what it is now. So I'm so happy that this story exists, and I'm so happy that this episode exists. Highly, highly recommend. And like I said, the standout episode so far of the show, and most likely will get people rewards. All right, now we're gonna get into the more spoilery part of the show. Spoilery is not a word, but it is now. So now we're getting to spoiler share for the episode three. I don't uh, forgive me. I don't know what it is. I just call it Bill and Frank. So there's no code code open at all. It just goes right into the title screen, which I like because you want to spend most of the time with Bill and Frank. This is one of the longest episodes that they have out there, but it was really utilized really well. Uh, there's a story that the episode, this story was written by Craig Mazin. And so Neil kind of said that Craig Mazin wrote this and he knocked it out of the park. But it there was a story or something like that that I remember coming across that mm-hmm. Shannon Woodward, uh, one of the actresses from Westworld, and she was the... Voice of Dina in The Last of Us Part 2 got Craig and Neil Druckmann together for this project. So, thank goodness that she did. So, in this entire episode right here, you go back to Joel and Emily and they're making their way to Bill's Town. Remember in the very beginning of episode one, Bill and Frank are the kind of like the smugglers on the other side of what is going on. They're on the outside of the QZ and they talk through code using decades and thinking that's that. Uh, and you see the origin of that. So as You see Joel and Ellie going around you see that the solely of the the shell of Joel He starts to come out of his turtle shell the onion layer starts coming out and you see Ellie slowly chipping away because she's just so charming and Joel who is just so hesitant to open up because it is his protection because he's been hurt in so many ways and Joel literally just experienced the loss of Tess, and now he's dealing with Ellie one of the big things I want to point out here, this is where Ellie is continuously asking for a gun. And I want those who haven't played the game and haven't watched the show, of course, we haven't got to that point, is to keep that in mind. Of course, there was that scene where Ellie in the basement got rid of an infected by stabbing it with the switchblade. That is something that's, that Ellie, I think, is one of these characters that was supposed to feel like she's supposed to die. I mean, literally, she got bited, bitten. I'm not going to go into the details about how and when and where she was bitten. Um, She kind of goes into it in episode one was at the abandoned mall, but it it, it hits a lot harder. And I cannot wait to get to that episode. But um, Ellie is someone that is questioning death and she's trying to figure out why is she here. And that's something you want to keep in mind as well in the future episodes is why is she here and why is she so obsessed with death? Here is where they get into the Cumberland Farms. I, I love the Mortal Kombat thing. Is finally getting more grounded. and the game, they use its own kind of fake made-up video game, but seeing the Mortal Kombat cabinet was awesome. I always uh, got a good smirk out of seeing Joel looting, because that's what you do in the game. He's literally looting, going through everything. And I really did enjoy the moment where Ellie goes in the basement, and this is where she finds the tampons and things of that sort, but this is where she kills that clicker, because she wanted to feel what was like killing one. And like I mentioned, no doubt, It would go into that notion of why she's obsessed with death. Also, Joel also confirms the pancake and flour theory that was going around all over the internet. Everyone was like, the only reason why Joel and Tommy and Sarah were not infected because they didn't have any pancakes and they just ate eggs. And after that moment, I throw out all the flour in my house. Just to get out. No, I don't want any of it in my house. No, we're not eating pancakes anymore. Just eggs. Eggs like Rocky Balboa. But that's confirmed. So that is how the outbreak happened. Indonesia and the big world farm was one of the major suppliers out there. It's so interesting, though. It's like you never ask where the food in the store comes from. You just take it. And clearly, as you can see, that could be our comeuppance. So here, episode three is essentially Billstown. Billstown in the video game itself is a very popular multiplayer map. Billstown is a very like Three lane type map with a holy... I could I could go into all day, but it's a very popular map, especially for long range combat. But I enjoyed seeing the actual meeting. Bill, seeing his origins, and he's a prepper, and he's literally ready. They they Joel and Ellie stumble upon a grave site, a mass grave site. It's very sad and tragic, and they see that how Fedra was very deceptive and how it was very paranoid. We got, of course, got a taste of that when Sarah's seen in episode one, but it's now seen in a mass scale is very, very sad and tragic. But seeing how Bill didn't trust anybody, created this whole entire bunker, kind of prepped for this situation, and then they take all his friends and townspeople, and he just lets them go because, again, Bill's out for himself and he has the town to himself. So throughout the entire episode, in the very beginning, Bill's building Bill's town. And as a gamer, I'm like, dude, this is awesome. You're seeing more of the Ron uh, the Ron Swanson type out there, cutting trees, building all this, building traps, taking everything, going through the store. Like, it's like one of those situations, those scenarios, if you're the last man on earth, what do you do? And Bill is essentially the last man of this small town. Shout out to the Last of Us multiplayer music as well. It's always good to hear the multiplayer music. and We heard it in episode one when Pedro Pascal, as Joel was going through his drug tirade and alcohol. But it was really nice to see it here as Bill was prepping. I guess in the Last of Us universe is basically prepping because it is the lobby music for the video game itself. Essentially, over time, it, you're just seeing it, it's a lot of jumps in time here. It jumps forward a little bit, and this is where Bill meets Frank. And B- Frank falls into one of Bill's traps, and you can see how he doesn't trust anybody. And this is what I love the most about this episode, is we get more in-depth to The Last of Us, Bill and Frank. Now, in regards to the game itself, in spoiler the game itself, this is where it's literally just one letter that Frank gets to In the game, Bill is more of a one-note type of guy that you saw at the very beginning of this episode. Bill is wielding a machete. He's cursing. He doesn't trust Joel and Ellie. And in fact, the entire game itself handles the situation better in the game, because this is where it literally splits. So in the game, you take over as Joel and Ellie after that situation at the Capitol test, and you're going through Bill's town. So you're avoiding his traps. You're talking about it. You're doing silly puzzles with ladders and planks and things of that sort. You're avoiding affected and things like that all throughout Bill's town. It is a moment where you're just literally running to point to point as you're closing doors and effect is coming after you. And this is where the infamous scene where Joel gets put into a trap of one of Bill's and he goes upside down. And you're shooting at effective upside down. All that happens here. Uh, You run into Bill, and he is wondering, like, what's going on? You're attracting so much people. And this is where Joel tells Bill, like, hey, I need a battery. I need to get this girl over. And then you take the truck. The interaction with Bill and Frank, though, is done in a letter. You stumble upon the body of Frank uh, in a room, and he is dead. And you see the letter. In that letter, Frank talks about how he didn't love, didn't like Bill, never did. Bill was always set in his ways. And he, he thought that he should go away from him. And he got the battery that they always wanted. And that is where Frank's demise is. And there's a moment in the video game where Bill kind of absorbs all that pain. And he balls it up and he moves on. And it's all very done shortly. And you could literally miss that letter. So that's why I liked about the show is it expands on that. It decides to make Frank a real character. So all that happens in the game. Very action-packed. There's a great scene where you're literally pushing the truck down the hill as fast as possible, and the effector's running over you, and you're, you're, you know, Ellie's trying to start it. The girl who's never been in the car is trying to start a car. All that kind of stuff happens here, but Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin go the complete opposite, and instead we get Bill and Frank, which I love the most. You see them fight, you see them argue, you see them fall in love, you see them be together for the first time. All that kind of stuff I really did enjoy and it's and performed beautifully by both actors and both men and to be able to hold that attention from the audience, especially one that are so hungry for action really, really well. I mean, that that is the one thing that I feel that you will start seeing a split between The Last of Us Gamers and The Last of Us Show uh, people. This right here, because like I mentioned, the game itself had a lot of iconic moments that we immersed ourselves in. And the show said, none of that. No, that's not to say that the show may bring it back. One of my favorite scenes throughout this entire tableau is, I like I mentioned, is them enjoying strawberries. We saw a little bit earlier that Joel and Tess finally show up. And they kind of create this kind of program or a kind of smuggling ring between the two. Joel tells Bill, like, hey... Your fence isn't that great. I could get you better supplies. You need medicine. There's supplies. Things in the QZ that we have that you don't have. And we could help you out. So this will benefit us. And the way that Frank got Tess and Joel there is that Tess was just on the radio. And then Frank was like, hey, we should get together. Because Frank's a kind of like social butterfly. He needs interaction besides Bill. And he sets up like fun little dinner dates and things like that. But there's still a lot of business. A lot of trade is happening. Because Frank... Slowly realizes that they need stuff. They need supplies because what they have is eventually gonna run out and they need some extra stuff but back to my favorite scene in the scene Frank is surprising bill with something simple as strawberries and they're like, where'd you get these strawberries? Well, I traded one of your guns for seeds and that is where it's much more interesting more than anything is the value of weapons and which can keep you alive with infected things coming at you with monsters with raiders and things of that sort and then the value of that seed goes so much further for that granted at the same time did you think Joel was like I know how much Frank wants this but I found it as a very 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 awesome scene performed as well by Nick Offerman and Murray Barlett that laugh that Nick Offerman gives is the giggling laugh of chewing on that sweet strawberry It was very relatable and something as we, as a human, understand. We will never understand the infected zombies and bloaters running after us and things of that sort. We will never understand, but we will understand the sweetness of a strawberry. And then I found that that was a very good conducting moment, like a conductor moment that connected us in that moment. It's like the energy kind of went right through that. Eventually, Bill talks about that he's never been afraid before. And I I, I really enjoyed that moment, and it kind of hit home for me. As a father of two kids, I really never was afraid to fly. Never really bothered me when there was turbulence and things of that sort. Never really bothered me if, like, all of a sudden the wind kicked up and the airplane jolted and things of that. But ever since I'm having myself uh, two kids, and I I just want to get home. I just want to get home to them, and it's because I'm just afraid. I'm afraid and I never was before. And I related to that moment where Bill was like this guy who has everything prepped out in his entire life. He prepped for this situation of the world coming to kind of close to an end. He prepped for it all. He handled it all. He built traps and he never was afraid of the end. But now he was because he fell in love with Frank. And then we get to the next moment of Frank's final day where We have another time jump. You discover that Frank is sick most likely with something like cancer. Never really said. Frank's sick and Bill is taking care of him. They're growing old together, which is always a goal for most people when it comes to finding themselves in a relationship is I just want to grow old with you. And you just see that they still love each other. Bill takes care of Frank so well and you see this pain behind Frank's eyes and what's just so interesting to me is that you know Frank just decides that it, it, it's time it's time for him to go and this is the the moment that you, you hear that Bill talks about you know save what you can type of thing Tess, Tess actually says that to Joel save who you can and Bill actually was able to save who he could you know he saved Frank and Bill talks about that in the letter that we eventually will get to so Joel and Ellie Eventually show up and uh, I didn't really talk about this, but there was a swerve this thing I want to point this out to the last of us likes to swerve at you So there was a scene where the Raiders attack their their town and Bill's using the hunting rifle and he gets shot And you think the next scene it's Bill in a wheelchair, but it was actually Frank um, And that's the only action we really got in the scene And the, the kind of trailers themselves Made you think that this was going to be like more like the video game But like again swerves everywhere so Bill uh, and Frank retired themselves. Frank had this plan. He wanted his last day. He wanted to visit certain things. They wanted to get married. And they wanted and Bill surprised him in a very Shakespearean way, and that he wanted to join him in that. Completely different from the game, as I mentioned, Joel and Ellie and Bill work together to escape Bill's town to get Joel a truck. In the move in the show, Bill joins Frank. And one of the most beautiful things in the letter says is the the window was left open. And we'll get to that later, but mark that down. Joel and Ellie show up. Uh Joel very cautious. Ellie finds a letter and the truck key. But not only that, as they're ransacking the place in in, in lack of a better word, where as they're looting the place, Ellie gets her iconic sunset shirt. That's pretty dope. I was always I was wondering like, where's Ellie's little wave shirt? I wonder where that and then she finds a wave shirt. That's always dope and i was like awesome very excited to see ellie looking like ellie from the game um, but this is what i was talking about a little bit b- before we go so they get all the parts and things like that you're 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 still still seeing joel and ellie discover who they is you've seen joel being more charming than he was, like he was with Sarah. They kind of talked about music and things of that sort. Ellie's reaction to the car and the truck is really good. That's very reminiscent of the game itself, how Ellie is just absorbing all these things that she'd never seen before, like a museum or a comic book or a movie. And for her to be in in that car and have that moment of, oh my God, I'm in a car and it's like a spaceship, Again, stuff we would have lost because in the game we're literally like, "Oh well, my, infected! If we're out the door! We gotta get out the door!" Instead, we get that beautiful Last of Us Joel and Ellie moment here is when she's exploring the truck. But as they do their thing, they get the stuff. Joel knows how to make a battery. Don't know no why, but I hey, Joel knows how to do stuff. But by this time, so he makes a battery with all the supplies. I'm sure Bill taught him how to do that. Joel gets that, they take a shower and things of that sort, and they they mosey out and they move on through into that iconic truck. The episode in itself ends with the windowsill. and the note that Bill left for Joel or whomever finds this letter, and I just love the humor in the letter itself, he said that we left the window open so it won't smell in the house. The Last of Us the one of the first images in the show itself, and in the game, is the windowsill. And it's a very quiet and somber way when you boot up the game for the first time. And you hear Gustavo's music comes in, and it's, it fades up, fades in with the windowsill and the wind blowing. And usually, you see the overgrown nature. It's like you've sh- you seen how something as so simple as a window out into the real world now is in, like overgrown with fern and nature. And for the show to end episode three with the windowsill and the curtains and the wind, it just gives a whole different meaning to what the window cell is. It gives a whole different meaning to the game start screen. And I find that very beautiful. And I find that very interesting to me. Because one thing about The Last of Us, it's literally called The Last of Us. And so far... Everything that we've been seeing is happening in pairs, almost. Tess and Joel, Joel and Ellie. We'll get some more other pairs along the way, Bill and Frank. And this is what I like about it. This is what's really cool. The tableau moments between people throughout this universe, seeing how different people handle adversity and at the same time, seeing how Joel and Ellie are growing as a pair. And that in itself is really exciting. I, I I really wish I had more time to sit with this episode versus coming on and making the podcast, but deadlines are deadlines. But like I said, w- what a phenomenal plot. And I, and I kind of glossed over a lot of the Bill and Frank things, but I, I really did enjoy the arguments that they had and the moments that they had. And you could see the flirting that Frank and Bill were getting into, the shyness that Nick Offerman did, he was very shy, you could tell that he he wanted more, and didn't know what the feelings he was feeling, and he just went into this kind of this stature, this kind of like a stance of just like hunched over and just like frozen up. I thought it was, be, like I said, masterclass in acting and writing and directing, and I think what's so odd is that for Bill and Frank to overshadow Joel and Ellie, which is what we've been talking about this entire time. And if they can continue to do that with the side characters, I think we're going to have ourselves something very special. And that is why it's definitely have been renewed for season two. Thank you so much for listening to The Last of Us, You and Me podcast, a companion podcast for the HBO show. My name is Sancho West. Before we sign off, two things. One, um, the very, very sad, very, very sad day uh, during the recording of this podcast. Any Worsing who played Tess in the original video game, passed away from cancer at the age of 45. Uh, Tess was a great character in the original Last of Us, and you see why. She was a great character, not only in the game, but here, but it's thanks to Annie Worshing. So rest in peace, Annie. Of course, lastly, thank you so much for joining me. If you want to tweet at me, at me, at Sancho West. This is going to be one of these podcasts where things will get a little bit of a downbeat and things of that sort. Um, I'm always a jovial guy, and I'm always so anxious and happy to talk about things. But this episode deserves a respectful tone. And if y'all like that, hey, be sure to like, share, subscribe. And I'll see y'all in the next one. And as always, endure survive.